take a deep breath Take the higher road That's what they always say As if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself Cause life ain't just a dream You make your own So kick and scream The people will like With a never ending force You never had the chance So what you waiting for The day has come my friend Cause this is war Well, guys, the Biden administration is at it again. I cannot tell you how frustrating it is to finally get the people's voices heard in the House. Today they passed, or this week they passed, the Freedom for Healthcare Workers Act, and it passed 227 in a 203 vote with seven, seven Democrats joining Republicans in passing the bill. It is a bill that is to end the vaccine mandate, as well as some other unscientific, useless COVID measures. And, um, and Biden came out and said that he was going to veto the bill um, if it passed today, as almost like, hey, just letting you know, heads up, even if y'all pass this bill, I'm going to veto it when this is the true voice, finally, of the American people. And so I brought on today a nurse um, who just got elected to the Arizona legislator, uh, Senator Janae Shamp. I am so happy to have you here. And when I saw this, I was like, oh, this is pretty similar to what you're heading up. Uh, next uh, on the 7th, right? Um, what are your thoughts on this, Senator Champ? So my thoughts are, yay, finally somebody wants to actually try to help and protect healthcare workers so that they can have the same freedoms that we fight for for our patients every day. You know, the patient's bill of rights, that's, that's something we take very seriously. HIPAA violations, something we take very seriously. That is very much a part of my practice as an RN. But when nobody wants to help stand up for my rights and what I want, and then I find out it's actually even more, it's worse than that because it becomes a subjective thing mm-hmm. that we're, whether or not we're allowing or not allowing religious exemptions for people, it doesn't make any sense to me. It goes against everything I've been taught as a nurse for what I fight for my, for my patients And uh, I will say this, it's actually quite frustrating to go from a hero to zero in 2.2 seconds, all because you stand up for your own personal beliefs. Yeah, that's right. Your own personal beliefs and, you know, and the bullying coercion that was happening with the patients as well. Right. You know, they they were coercing them into getting experimental injections and and they didn't want it. it. It's it's insane that as nurses and, you know, even doctors as well, we take an oath to be the patient advocate and honor autonomy. Never mm-hmm. in a million years would I've ever thought that we would be talking about an experimental injection on trying to get it, you know, so that people don't have to take it. Right. A mass, a mass protocol, um, on a, with a, utilizing a drug that no one's liable for 
um, utilizing a drug that hasn't been tested. You know, you and I had discussed how it's kind of interesting that we had to fight so hard in the state of Arizona for um, patients with a terminal diagnosis to be able to utilize the right to try. Mm -hmm. And how is it now we had, they were told they couldn't use a drug because it was experimental. Now we're being forced to use a drug that's experimental. I don't understand. How does that shift? And and I, I you know, I, I hear all the talking points. It's because it's a public health emergency. It's because of this. It's because of that. And the reality of the situation is the EEOC, the Civil Rights Act in the 1960s, none of that stuff just goes out the window. You can't just you can't just tell someone that has a personal religious belief that they won't accept a blood product from someone else. Well, but you might die. So you have to do this. No, that's their that's their strongly held belief. And we respect that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do that every day. Informed consent. Did not, when I'm going taking patients to surgery, we talk about whether or not they've had all of the uh, risks explained to them right. and whether or not they are OK with a blood transfusion. And those are two separate paperworks, right? The the piece for the surgical intervention and the piece for blood transfusion. We take that very seriously. But yep. for some reason, that all went out the window. And then how many how many years later are we now? I, and we're <laughs> still not protecting anyone in the healthcare environment. We've gone back in New York and the teachers are getting, not only are they getting brought back, they're getting back pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yep. finally, thank God they're standing up for our military. Yep. But no one until this week, no one in Congress had decided that it was time to stand up for the healthcare workers. So yes, as 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 I said before, the hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Well, hell hath no fury like a nurse scorned. Hence the reason I ran for office. I won my seat and I'm going to stand and fight for healthcare freedom. Yes, I love it. And I 100% support you. You know, we just met a few days ago and, and lot, I mean, we just hugged each other so tight, didn't we? We're like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, here we are, we're, we're rising up, you know, it's like, you know, I think in the beginning with that, they, they were trying to confuse people with the, the injection saying, well, you have to take it to protect your patients, right? You have to take it so that you guys aren't all getting sick and calling off of work and, and we have nobody, you know, to, to run the hospital, but this is a year and a half after the worst of it really hit. Right. Mm -hmm. And we were all like, yeah, no, we're good. We're good. We don't want it. And then they're coming out and they're like, no, you have to take it. But then we know that it never stopped infection and it never stopped transmission. So at this, at this point, I mean, it's like a clown show, you know, I don't I, disagree with that at all. <laughs> no, no, it's horrible. And and how many how many red flags were there going off when first of all, so I'm an operating room nurse, so every patient I come in contact, I come in contact with their airway, right? Because of intubation. And so every single patient, I am very much at risk, and this was before we knew. We didn't know and and all of the rules that JCO and DMV and state requirements when we have inspections, all those rules immediately went out the window for mm-hmm. infection prevention. And, and none of that made sense to me. And it's like, okay, so we're knee-jerk reacting, but it's is it smart knee-jerk mm-hmm. reacting? We why are we not thinking about all of the knowledge that we have about infection prevention? Why are we not 
using our evidence-based research right now? Why are we not doing that? And then it was so much fear. And then it was, if you don't get the shot, then you don't care about anyone else either. Yeah. Well, that's not very fair. No. I don't remember ever judging a patient for a decision they make about their health care. Right. And it does affect other people. I think the tax that we have on our healthcare system, as far as the weight that we feel, because we have, uh, you know, so many issues with, um, oh, how do I say? Well, just economics, right? I, there's a lot of people that can't afford care, but we still provide care. Well, that's a tax on the system. There's people that are coming in that don't um, necessarily, maybe shouldn't become. There's so many different things, but now right. this, this, this is the sticking point. But really, I think what gets me is when I have friends tell me that one works for hospital system A, one works for hospital system B in the same metropolitan area. And they say, well, we filled out the paperwork together. Mm -hmm. One was denied religious exemption. The other one was approved. Mm -hmm. So please tell me how a panel or a board at a hospital can subjectively deem whether or not you have a strongly held belief. I know. That doesn't make sense to me. If it's okay for one person to have the religious exemption, why isn't it okay for the other person? Right. And, right. and and according to the EEOC, it doesn't have to just be a religious belief. It can be a practice or observance. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, okay, then why aren't we where my goal is to bring the hospitals into the conversation with all of the staff, because I believe that state sovereignty should be protecting the businesses as well as the individuals. So I want to work with these hospitals. I want to say, hey, what do you need to have in statute so that you can, because, you know, CMS guidelines, that's pretty much what dictates how everything works, because unfortunately, money is, that's, it's a driving factor. And so CMS reimbursement is a big deal. Okay, let's take that into consideration. So I'm really looking forward to this week sitting down with a bunch of the stakeholders with the hospitals and saying, okay, so Here's my draft legislation. This is the bill that I've dropped. How can we make it better to protect you as a business of Arizona so that you can protect the individual liberties and freedoms of all of your staff, the citizens of Arizona? Because I was one of those nurses that I fell into a loophole. I didn't know about 1487s where you could have a state legislator file with the attorney general's office. I didn't know that there were different avenues that I could go down. And I fell into a loophole where the contract company was saying, we we don't have to accept your religious um, exemption. And the hospital is saying, well, your contract company is saying what we have to. So there was a, well, I got, I was terminated. Yeah, I had the choice to either to get the vaccination or to be terminated. And aren't we in a healthcare shortage? Aren't, don't, uh, I don't understand. I I don't understand how it makes sense. And that's what I keep running into is so much lack of logic. Yeah. Uh, Complete. Like I just saw um, when I was going through um, my book, the way that I constructed it was uh, taking my Facebook post and writing about it and showing how, how, what my thought process, like you said, those words, evidence-based practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I was doing. And right. then one of the posts that I just saw actually today, uh, it, it said on there, you know, how are we, and this was from two years ago, 
And I was like, how are we pushing this on, um, on nurses and experimental on nurses and doctors on anybody experimental injection with brand new technology never before used. And I said, be careful of what you wish for. What, what if half of those nurses left? Well, I think, you know, this is where we're at. We're seeing, you know, Minnesota nurses striking and New York nurses striking. And, and I mean, I can't, I have to sit back and say that this was all by design. They got the dissenting critical thinkers out of the hospital. The one like people like you and I that were like, Hey, this is, this is not right. Or I'm not going to choose this and you're not going to make me. And then now what's left in the hospital? A lot of, a lot of people, I think, you know, that sat back and was like, okay, I have to take this for my job. But we're getting to the point now where I think a lot more people are rising up and, and they see, you know, powerful people like you running for office and, and, and that's given us some hope. So did you ever think that you were going to be a senator or a politician? Oh, oh goodness. No, no. My, my standard line for the last seven years was I'm a travel nurse because I don't do hospital politics. I want to, I became an RN after my mom passed away. My drive, it comes from a different place, I think, than most. And so for me, it was, uh, uh, no, no, I'm, I'm good. I don't, I don't want to deal with politics. Just want to take care of my patient. And then I want to go home to my family. But you know, when they started really dictating that you have to, and if you don't, you don't care. That really, really set me off because there's not anyone that cares more than I do. Because for me, one patient death is one too many. Mm-hmm. One nurse being injured is one too many. And I, the idea that money makes the world go round, I get it. But the idea that money is costing people's lives, I'm not okay with. Mm-hmm. So that was when I ultimately decided to step into this ring. And it's it's funny. I had some really good advice when I asked, uh, how does a political outsider run for office and win and make changes? Because I know what it's like to be an outsider in the hospital coming in. It's not so simple. No. You have to, I mean, it's not so simple to come in and change policy. And for the last three years, that's what I was doing was coming into a perioperative department. And I was a, I was a cleaner, right? Identify where it's broken, figure out the policy that needs changed, updated, and then educate the staff up or out and rebuild the team. That's what I do. So I'm thinking, okay, I can do that at the legislature, right? I can do that. But how do you even break into running for office. And someone said to me, there's only two things you need to know if you want to run for office. Always be yourself and be genuine. So most of the time you'll see me in my cowboy hat and you will always see me in my cowboy boots and jeans, right? Mm -hmm. The second thing was they said to work harder than your opponent. Well, I don't know anybody that works harder than an operating room nurse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We run and we run the whole day. And so, and most nurses do, right? And to me, it was very simple that I was going to run for office and I was going to come down to the legislature and I was going to be the healthcare voice of reason to say, hey, let's figure out how we can do this together. And then all of a sudden, as my bill drops, which we're going to hear on February 7th, and I'm so excited about what's the bill now, it's SB 1250. Okay. And we will hear it in the um, Health and Human Services Committee on February 7th at 2 p.m. 
1400 And so when the Healthcare Workers Act came out today, that was probably most that's that's so exciting. Yeah. But how disappointing is it that before Biden probably even has a chance to read it, he's saying that he's already going to veto it. But yeah. didn't he just come out and say that he was going to lift the emergency orders well, for yes. the pandemic on May 11th? On May 11th, but he came out. Let's not forget when when did he come out? September, October, and say the pandemic's over. There's no he pandemic did. anymore. And so now and then they said, wait, 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 don't say that. No, nope, no, nope, sorry. My bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. That already came yeah. out of my mouth. And so then they wanted to end it. And he's like, no, we can't end it uh that abruptly. I we have to wait 60 days. And so that's where he's coming up with the May 11th. But you know why they're waiting? Because they said that there's so many people on Medicaid right now that it would um, just just be too hard for them to get off of it right away. And I'm like, hold on a second. If you're on Medicaid, that means you probably need it. And so, like, who's funding all that? We, the taxpayers, are funding it. You know, I just it it, it just. It blows my mind how everything is all about money. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com, seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. It blows my mind how everything is all about money. It does blow my, it blows my mind too, because if we're talking about a pandemic, what does people on Medicaid and money have to do with the safety 
of others. Uh, th- th- that doesn't make any sense to me. We're talking about healthcare workers. Everyone else has been protected. Back pay for teachers in New York now. I mean, yeah. New York of all states is now going to back pay. They ru- they uh, the, the courts ruled. We're going to start protecting our military, which we should have been doing all along. Yeah. But healthcare workers are still falling in that gap. And I don't understand that how any of Medicaid and financial has anything to do with protecting the rights of an entire class of American citizens and arguably the class that everyone was supporting and calling heroes when we were rushing in to help when this first hit. Yeah. Because I was one of those. Right. I worked at I'm I I'll be here. What do we got to do? What do we need to do? How do we how do we gather the supplies we need? How do we take care of staff? Absolutely. Yep. This is what we train for. Yes. We are absolutely. nurses. We train for emergency situations. Yeah. What no no matter how big or how small. I mean, how many how many um disaster preparedness drills have you been through? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and how many do you have to do on your uh yearly you know, what, what did, um, what's those called? Those little things, the tests well, that you had to take and stuff. Well, yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Uh, our, I mean, state, state accreditations tied to them. Yes. Yes. What were your thoughts when they shut down surgeries? That made no sense to me Yeah. because my first question is who's the one that's going to judge what procedure is emergent versus non-emergent. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a scary gray area. Yeah. In surgery. I mean, I understand if we're talking about a, co- you know, um, well, no, actually, I don't understand. I was going to say a total hit, but yet, you know, the person that's suffering from the pain from osteoarthritis, they're not going to be in agreement that that's an elective surgery. Right. Right. So I, yeah, that one really bothered me, especially um, in, with oncology patients. That right. really scared, that really scared me. Yeah, because for the Native Americans, they have very rare cancers. And the Mayo Clinic actually went to my hospital and met, you know, once a week with these patients because they called them like zebras, right? And Mayo Clinic was very interested in it. And so we would run colonoscopies all the time looking, looking, um, doing, you know, for um, cancer screenings. And then that just stopped. Abscesses just stopped. And so yep. like if people just came into the hospital, then they were septic now. You know what right. I mean? Right. Just, yeah. It just none of it made sense. And everything was against our ethical principles. And mm-hmm. and I hope any person listening to this, especially nurses and doctors and stuff like, please go back and read your principles, because th- this shouldn't be just a, a, a few of us speaking up on this. Right. right. And it shouldn't be and it shouldn't be Republican versus Democrat either. Absolutely. This is not no. political at all. No, it shouldn't be political, but they turned it into a political football. They did right immediately. Yeah. And we knew that they did because they, you know, wanted to make sure that people were able to vote by mail and, you know, just keep the scare going. And, you know, the pandemic of fear is what I, you know, call it is what they did. But, you know, moving forward, you're new there. You're new in a legislator. You're new into politics. What would you say to those of us that are wanting that that are recognizing um, that there's something wrong and we need to do uh, something about it and no one's coming to save us? What do we need to do? Because we, I'm, I was totally 
apolitical before all of this, you know? Right. Um, How do we stay? How do we stay on top of it? Like, what, what do you need us to do? So call to action that I need. I need people to tell me their stories. I need people to reach out. I need people to come to the legislature or sign up for the request to speak or send me an email and find out who your legislator, who they are in your districts and reach out to them and tell your story. I think that what we need to do is we need to come together and we need to be heard. We can't be quiet. So what we need to do is I I know that most of the time nurses, we don't fight for ourselves. We fight for our patients. Yes. So what I need is I need nurses to now fight for themselves. And if they have to do it in the third person, that's fine. Let me fight for you. Tell me your story. Because I know there's so many out there that are suffering. I I mean, I hear it. I see the blogs. I, I see the posts on social media. And I want to be that voice. I want to be able to help get this right so it never happens again. This okay. isn't about... This isn't about punitive. This is nothing more than your religious and personal observances should be respected. And you should be able to reach out to your attorney general's office and not have to file a civil rights violation. There should be state statute to protect you. This is a right to work state. And I understand that. But employers also need to make accommodations. We cannot ever allow this to happen again. We all know we've been making accommodations for the flu vaccine since 2015 when they mandated it. Mm-hmm. So why why aren't why aren't we there yet with everything else? Yeah. So those accommodate things things need to change. How are we ever going to grow healthcare workforce if nobody wants to be told exactly how they are going to treat their own personal medical care. Yeah. I, I, we have a nursing shortage now. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine it's not going to get worse if we don't solve this problem. Yeah. I've had constituents reach out to me that they're, you know, their, their sons and daughters have been, I'm going to go to nursing school. I'm going to be a nurse. And now they're trying to figure out what they're going to do because they won't, it goes against their beliefs. Right. Right. And someone with strong moral conviction, those are the nurses I want taking care of me. Yes, that's right. Because if you have a strong moral conviction, you're going to stand as a strong patient advocate. Mm -hmm. That's right. I'm just turning my patient advocate hat into a people's advocate hat. And so the call to action really, Jody, is I need to hear from everyone and we need to stand up and we can't be quiet anymore. We just, we can't be quiet anymore. We need to stand with each other. Right. Come together. And I see that happening all the time. You know, even when I met you the other night, you know, the, the room full of people that were there and it's like everybody coming up and, and really, you know, giving testimony to God is and and I, every time I'm in these events, you know, they're, they're not, Christian events, right? But you can't help but speak like how you're called to be there. And you know, something is wrong. And I mean, I think ultimately, at the end of the day, we are in a war of good and evil. And so everybody, everybody needs to shine their light out into the darkness, because it will not overcome the light. Like we know that it will not. And so can you tell us, um, you know, your website, I'll put it in the show notes too, but how can people contact you? 
People can contact me. My website is actually voteforshamp.com, V-O-T-E-F-O-R-S-H-A-M-P.com. But you can also reach me by emailing um, to my legislative account, which is jshamp at azledge.gov. So that's A-Z-L-E-G.gov. And that's the best way to reach out to me and tell me your story. Mm -hmm. And come down to the Capitol and log in to the request to speak. Come tell your story. Right. Come tell your friend's story. Come stand shoulder to shoulder with your fellows. And even and I and I ask those even that don't necessarily have the strong religious beliefs, mm-hmm. but they understand what it means to be a patient advocate. Come be a patient advocate for your fellows. Yeah. Because we you you know, we can't do this nursing thing alone. Right. We cannot. We need help. I mean, there I'll tell you, I'll be the first to admit, like. You know, I, the the struggle of this over the last three years has just been so difficult. Um, it's really hard to keep up this level of stress because we're hearing stories all the time, and they're real stories, and they're human beings that are on the other on the other end of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and you know, Senator, um, thank you for being here. We're going to go to break. But I am going to interview on the other side of this break, uh, thousandwidows.org. And this is an organization that just started off with a, a, a couple of widows that lost their husbands in the, the hospital due to the unscientific hospital protocols. And, and we'll get into all of that. But, mm-hmm. you know, there are thousands, if not millions of your stories and one of the story, uh, an email that I I received from Lori, who's an RN. I just want to read this to you guys really quick. Jody, I heard your story on Dr. Bregan. I too am a 35 year ICU RN fired for not taking the jab. I was also in the middle of what was akin to a Nazi camp during Delta. And to top it all off, I lost my precious husband to COVID as yeah. they held vital treatment to him from him for not being jabbed six weeks in the hospital, four of them vented. Thank you. My sister in Christ for standing up too. I would love to chat with you, your sister, princess warrior, Lori. Oh, God bless her. God bless her. I mean, we hear so many of those stories and thank you, Senator Sham for, for being a voice for all of us. I will, I will do all I can to garner support and I'm going to go into, um, I guess my people's, my people's house. That, that's my house. This we, is we- your house. That's right. This is our house. That's exactly right. And Jody, I just want to say you truly are an inspiration and thank you. I followed your story from the very beginning and I kept telling my husband, you see, you see her. That's exactly what we need to do. This is exactly what we need to do. And so I was quietly figuring out and getting what I didn't realize called to run for office. So I was supporting you, even though I was behind the scenes always. I think you're an incredible human and I'm honored to be your fellow, Jody. I really am honored. Oh, I'm honored too. I can't wait to see what we do together. It's time and-